You're listening to Banal Leakage, episode 96, Deflection. Uh, originally, this episode was supposed to be recorded during the week of Sunday, February 12th. Well, it's two weeks later, so I'm a little behind. So, uh, trying to keep down these the stories and news things that I cover to one Trump story for each full episode. So, you know, even though even I'm getting tired of reading the daily, what the hell did he do today stories? Uh, you know, how... I can have no Trump stories in an episode every so often. That would be make them more listenable, I think. So, anyway, with that, let's uh, let's get into let's start the news. Oh my gosh, that was horrible. Let's try that again. Let's start the news. Michael Flynn, national security advisor, has resigned after Russian diplomat conversations. So, one of a few Trump administration people wanted to fall. You know, there's there's been a few others. Uh, Flynn was part of a leaked set of communications where he wasn't being honest with Vice President Mike Pence on his discussions of U.S. sanctions against Moscow with Russian Ambassador Sergei Kizlyak. Kizlyak. Pence defended Flynn and believed him when he said he didn't have discussions with Kieselyak. Well, it turns out Flynn got found out, and he resigned or was forced to resign, depending on whose account spoken to the media you actually believe. Yeah, so, you know, like, Trump Trump calls him still a, a great person and everything like that. You know, maybe he is. I don't know, but you know, it, it sounds like he really screwed things over for him. I don't think they were really expecting this. You know, maybe they they hoped that this guy was uh, you know a better mole for you know for, for their organization. Um, you know, someone that you know could keep actually his, his you know stuff quiet, but you know, evidently he couldn't. So, uh, so anyway, so it's hard to believe anything in this administration due due to their nature of declaring anything they don't like as fake news. Um, you know, now many Trump fans now have followed the suit. You know, they're just you know. They're, you know, the Trump sheeple, you know, uh, anything, you know, the sky, uh, the sky's blue today. Fake news. No fake news. You know, anything they don't like, they just like proclaim that one stupid phrase. Anyway, so the ongoing concerns over Trump's, uh, you know, so this Flynn situation here has has, uh, brought out the ongoing concerns over Trump's own discussions and connections with Russian officials. Uh, specifically, Vladimir Putin being the top communicator, uh, you know, that's you know that's still an ongoing thing here. We're 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 trying to find someone that can actually investigate what's going on here. Chaffetz is pretty uh, pretty weak. You know, he's defending Trump at every stance, but uh, you know, more than willing to you know f- find you know find the lone bug in someone's shoe. You know, and and then you know open up and massive investigations about it. So. Uh, anyway, so once Flynn left, uh, they had a hard time trying to find a replacement. It wasn't easy. So a few people were not interested. One person actually removed himself from the mix. Uh, God, came and gone. I, for, I, I should have his name, but I don't. You know, he's not, not important at this time. So uh, in the end, uh, as, as of this recording on Sunday, June, or June, my God, I, I want summer to happen so fast. 
Sunday, February 26th, uh, they found uh, this guy, H.R. McMaster. Uh, yes, and I easily confused his name with that uh, that 1970s kids show, H.R. Puffin stuff. <laughs> how, how can you not? You know? uh, so anyway, he, he's ended up in the role of national security advisor. Uh, so far, I don't think Bannon and company are happy. Uh, this is who they ended up with, uh, as this guy appears to actually have some ethics and morals about him. And uh, some of his recent statements, you know, have been pretty, you know, it's like, oh, that kind of makes sense. You know, he's not, you know, he, he, uh, one of his statements he uh, he, he made uh, was not automatically assuming that all Muslims are, are terrorists and that uh, their religion, is, you know, Islam hasn't, uh, you know, has been hijacked by ISIS and, and other terrorist people. So he's, you know, he's not labeling all Muslims as bad, you know, which, you know, kind of, you know, I know most of the administration tries not to, but, you know, they, they it seems to, they paint the brush very broadly and don't really uh, find efforts to correct themselves. So, so anyway, so I guess we'll, you know, we'll see how long this guy lasts. Uh, you know, he's one of the very few that actually, you know, actually could keep things together in the Trump administration. So, yeah, well, we shall see. Playboy returns mostly nude photos to the magazine. So in late 2016, Playboy announced that they were removing all nude photos from its magazine, starting with the April issue. Um, so let, let me clarify this. I'm just going to inject my own stuff in here. So I, I'm a subscriber to Playboy. have been for many years now. Um, the removal of these nude photos, uh, so that they still show like, you know, bare behinds. They show side boob or under boob, you know, um, you know, but no frontal, full frontal nudity like they used to show, you know. So, so from you know from that time, you know, from the uh, the uh, they 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 just decided to make that change, I guess, you know. Uh, one of the reasons why they decided to make the change was, you know, they figured people can find nudity pretty much anywhere on the internet, you know, which is mostly true. You know? um, so they, you know, just didn't feel like they could compete with that. So anyway, uh, the uh, this was a shock to many that were more than that, that you know that more than were just reading Playboy for the articles. Yes, yeah, so that's a valid statement, but I, the articles are actually really good, you know, and they have been for many years. Um, so anyway, Hugh Hefner's son Cooper Hefner announced this week. So uh, Cooper Hefner's or Hefner uh, Cooper Hefner <laughs> announced this week that they now uh, see that this was a mistake and are bringing back all but full frontal nudes. So this means that the side boob and under boob photos that have been a part of the magazine since April 2016, like I just mentioned, will now show full boob and nipple, not just no direct vagina shots. So uh, the centerfold shot will now be more nude and less covered up. So I just barely got my new issue yesterday and I kind of ran through it and, you know, it's still tasteful what they're doing. You know, it's not... You know they, uh, you know they're not. It's not like Penthouse or some of these other you know magazines that have been out there for that have you know, you know even showed penetration and stuff. So, uh, Playboy's never really done that. So, anyway, so, um, so now yeah, so uh, um, you know the change really didn't bother me all that much. You know, um, I to be honest, what bothered me was the complete shift in editorial coverage. You know, so like I said, you know, read it for the articles. They're still good articles, but. But you no, know, they had things like cartoons and Playboy jokes that got removed along with the full nudity uh, shots. So um, I hope they do. I mean, I'm looking, and some cartoons are back, so that's good. I I hope that they, you know, can find 
a way to return other stuff back to the the magazine and uh, you know some, you know and future issues here. PewDiePie, YouTube's largest content creator, uh, dropped by Disney for making anti-Semitic videos. So the YouTube star, whose birth name is Felix uh, Gelberg, uh, Kelberg, I guess, or something, uh, likes likes to expand past his videotaping himself of playing video games with some uh, not-so-politically-correct uh, comedy videos. In one of these um, pranks, he spewed a series of anti-Semitic verbiage that landed him on the shortlist at Disney whose own Maker Studios is in the process of laying off people and downsizing. So three of the nine videos that uh, were that had skits with uh, Nazi imagery and jokes slanted against Jews have been taken down. Uh, YouTube's role in the downsizing of PewDiePie includes canceling future content that was a part of the YouTube Red paid service, which uh, in general, uh, YouTube Red's $10 a month and basically removes the ad uh, that the rest of the world, ads that the rest of the world sees when watching videos. So yes, you know, so um, you know, comedy is normally exempt from being taken seriously, as comics for years have touched on touchy subjects. You know, like you know, anti-gay, or not really anti-gay, but they've you know, they, gays, blacks, uh, Jews, you know, all, all sorts of you know, comedy has always been like this protected area. So, um, you know, I, you know. YouTube, you know, YouTube's owned by Alphabet, which is Google's parent company. You know, they're a business that makes decisions on what kind of content is allowed on their service. YouTube is no stranger to pulling down content for various reasons, usually copyright. I've blogged about this, and I've been I've been affected by this. So, so you know, YouTube, you know, trying to play a role here, you know, and you know they, you know, this guy gets fifty million views. Uh, for most of his videos, I mean, he, he's pretty high up there, you know. And I, I mean, uh, or, or no, uh, 50 million, more than fifty million subscribers. You know, that's quite a bit for you know for this guy. So, but, but I'm sure his videos get even more than that. But um, anyway, you know, Disney, you know, they're kid friendly. You know, they are trying to be. You know, and they didn't want to associate themselves with any comedy skits like "Death to All Jews." Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, YouTube is still YouTube still does business with uh, with Felix here with PewDiePie, so it's not like they cut him off completely. But you know, they they just made they made a business decision. You know, so anyone crying first, uh, this guy who lives overseas, I forget where, uh, like Sweden or something like that. Um, you know, there's no First Amendment rights being taken away. He's he he works for a business, and they don't like the content. And they have more than. You know their their rights to take it down if they don't like it. So anyway, he he's still going to be around. He's not hurting. So this week's rant: Tommy Laren or Laren or however you want to say her last name. Anyway, um, she was on Real Time with Bill Maher on the February third uh, episode uh, of HBO, and uh, she defends dumping coal waste in streams. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, on that episode, uh, she was a panel guest. Uh, the discussion of a congressional law to allow coal companies to dump their waste into streams was brought up to the panel. Tommy, spelled T-O-M-I, uh, defended the coal waste dumping by calling the coal companies the forgotten American. Oh, my God. Uh, and saying the coal industry was under attack. Oh, another, what the hell, huh? So uh, Bill Maher countered with, even if we support coal, why allow the company to dump sludge in the river? 
So what was Tommy's response? Uh, it's more com- it's a more complex issue than that. Really? <laughs> so the title of this episode, you know, is deflection. Uh, you know, talk about not answering the question directly. That's you know, pure pure deflection. Uh, so my thing is, and Bill Maher, obviously, you know, when should it ever be acceptable to dump coal waste in a river or stream? Obviously, Tommy and her right-wing base are okay with this. Otherwise, her answer could have been, or should have been, yes, they f- should find a better way to dispose of the waste. But that wasn't the answer she gave. Unfortunately, the topic of discussion doesn't allow to expand uh, into more time. You know, that's a time-based show, and, and things have to stay, you know, kind of on schedule. So they couldn't go into more depth on it. I certainly would love to have uh, heard Tommy give a direct answer to this question. Polluting the environment while removing regulations isn't hurting the little guy. It's forcing a company that dumps pollutants in the air and ground to be better at reducing that waste. You know, these regulations, you know, everyone talks about how these regulations hurt companies. That's a bunch of crap. No, it doesn't. These companies have a lot of money, and they're, you know, they they pad their pockets greatly. I mean, coal is, you know, declining use of of energy. You know, people are, are more moving towards renewable energy, which they should. But, you know, they still make a ton of money, and they still are very much profitable. So I, I don't, you know... For, to force them to be better at, at not dumping their, their waste in rivers and streams, I don't see a problem with that at all. This week's shameless plug, I like the new Depeche Mode song, Where's the Revolution? So it's been about four years since Depeche Mode released a new album, and it was just so-so. Uh, it was called uh, Delta Machine. Um, anyway, uh, there were some songs that eventually grew on me on that album, but overall it was lacking pretty heavily for any kind of greatness. So now there's a new album coming out on March 17th called Spirit. Uh, and the first single is called Where's the Revolution? And, uh, after a good 20 or more listens, I, you know, it's probably good closer to 30 now that I've listened to this song. I really like it. I do. I like it. It's, you know, it, it had to grow on me a little bit, but compared to 2013's, uh, lead single off Delta Machine, Heaven. It's a lot better and has a really good, strong sound to it. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's very hard to be a fan of this band and have them produce an album or two of material that is really hard to listen to. So I'm hoping the other tracks on Spirit, when it comes out March 17th, will be just as good or better. Uh, if not, then I guess I will join other fans in wishing for a return to the older sound from the last... Uh, from from the, the the last of the eighties, you know, the end of the eighties and early nineties, uh, back when Alan Wilder was still in the band, you know, yeah. So, um, give a little bit of history here on my fandom of Depeche Mode. Um, I, I, I the first time I heard a Depeche Mode song was uh, in August of nineteen eighty five. Uh, I heard "People Are People" on the radio in the Los Angeles on K Rock, uh, one hundred six point seven FM. Huh? For those who are familiar with that, uh, the, the station there. Um, anyway, and that was my first, you know, I'm sure I'd heard Depeche Mode songs here and there, like Just Can't Get Enough or maybe a couple other ones, but you know, over the course of the years. But that was the one that really just like stood out like, oh my gosh, this is really great. So, you know, I instantly became a fan. Uh, saw them live nine times over the years, um, you know, and have followed them, you know, I, you know, and try to really like their albums, you know, to a certain degree. I mean, albums like Violator and Songs of Faith and Devotion, um, you know, really good. Uh, Playing the Angel was okay. Exciter was okay. 
um, uh, sounds uh, sounds of the universe. I always get that title mixed up sometimes. It was was good. I liked it. Um, but you know, Delta Machine was just like this. You know, different direction. And you know, bands do uh, go to different directions and different things. You know, and I get that. You know, but you know, I I just. I haven't seen them live for a long time. They haven't been back to Salt Lake since for a long... They never came here for the Delta Machine Tour. They never went to Denver for it. So it was really, you know, it was hard to, you know, I I would have had to travel to some other location to see them live. So I'm not... I'm still a fan, and I really have, you know, like I said, I'm really hoping that the rest of Spirit will be good, you know, like, you know, like Where's the Revolution I like. So we'll see, but... uh, you know, it's all I can do. You know, I'm holding out hope that one of my favorite bands will actually produce a new album, uh, or maybe they'd really surprise us. Like I said, you know, just a minute or so ago, you know, bring Alan Wilder back to the band. Oh my gosh, you know, I, I think that that fans would go nuts, and I think they whatever they would produce musically would uh, would be acceptable. No, not that specific. Want to leave feedback? Email podcast at banalleakage.com. Thank you for listening, and as always, if you can't be specific, just be random.